Hey, what's up? That's not your intro. Try again. Hello, and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This is episode 63, The Fly, 1958. Yes, perfect. I was worried for a second after I watched this that there was like another fly. That I there are actually many other flies, but that's okay. This but like directed by the one, you know, the one. This is the one. Right, but like, like was there an earlier one or was this the first one? This was the first one. Okay, so yeah, this was definitely the first one. And uh, it's directed by Kurt Newman, stars oh, David Kurt, Hedison, Kurt Newman, Patricia Owens, mm-hmm. Herbert Marshall, and Vincent Price. Uh, also, Do you know Kurt Newman? No, I don't know Kurt Newman. Oh, you were just being flip? Yeah, I'm just being, I'm being a little flip. <laughs> this Vincent, again, um, you know, uh, that some of that Vincent Price cat energy is <laughs> seeping uh, into me. I miss Vincent. He's a good man. Mr. Good Vince, man, as they say. Glad. He brings a he brings a he brings a, a joy to the screen that yeah. I, I always I really appreciate. He brings like a reliability whenever you watch a movie, you know. You know he's Reliab- always going to bring a certain level to every film. Yeah, reliability. I thought you said he brought a, li- a liability to the movie. I was like, no. oh, what is? No, he brings <laughs> a certain reliability. Yes. Yeah. He's he's a uh, he's great. <laughs> he's a, he's a stabilizing force among like these kind of like B pictures. Yeah. Yep, he 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 shows up. He does what he needs to do. He always he always gives it something. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he always and, gives it the uh, price percent. Yeah, I mean he he does. He always puts his puts his uh, whole leg in there. Yeah, it all, shakes it all around. <laughs> um, sometimes he puts, yeah. gives more than a leg, but usually at least at least a leg. Yeah, you're not gonna. There's no like. I've never seen a Vincent Price movie where he was like. Mm, Voting it in. I don't feel like doing it. Yeah, I don't feel like doing this today. Yeah. Uh, no, there's the Witchfinder General, but uh, that's a whole other thing. Um, right. I mean, that's 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 a world of rubber axes and <laughs> and just, uh, that's just a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's more intentionally reined in. Yeah. Which is uh. I mean, I guess it's good. There's at least one example of that of him reining it in, prove that he can do it. Right. But listen, I'm I'm here for dinner theater. We're here for dinner theater. This film was adapted by the 1957 adapted adapted from the 1957 short story by George Langeland. Yeah, they were. I I I say they used to do it a lot more, but they still constantly adapt things. But I feel like they were a lot more upfront about it. What do you mean? Or maybe that's just the difference of how credits are presented nowadays, as opposed to in the past. Yeah, because it was up front in this one. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of like adapted from the novel, adapted from the short story, getting like real prominence. Well, as we move to, as we move to our future, where Disney makes all movies, yeah, we no longer have to worry about a single person being responsible for a story. It's set as teams and teams of people. Yeah, drawing from a deeper a deeper well of IP that's been commodified and stripped of all it's i love ip sort of ownership it's just it's great it's just it's just uh we would no longer have to worry about such things as the original author it's but also also they're already the original author was already credited now they're just readapting the film that was adapted from the novel mm-hmm. right <laughs> I'm, re- I'm reminded of the uh, miracle man credits uh the marvel reproduction of miracle man that came out like 
five years ago. Yeah. Oh, it's the original author? Yeah, it just says the original author instead of the, because uh, the, the writer of those comics declined to be credited. <laughs> uh, um, the original author. Yes. Uh, Weird that that's the only case in which he is credited as the original author. Yeah, I think he would prefer more. He would prefer that credit to pop up more places. Maybe that's just like contracts. They go, no, we're putting your name on whether you like it or not because your name is a marketing tool. I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't think you can demand. I think they. They think they. They can do that. Um, probably uh, if they want to, but they probably don't. Feel, they don't have to do it if they don't have to. And a lot of those companies no longer feel like they have to make him happy. So no, because well, he hasn't worked for them in how many years? <laughs> Decades? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're only reminded of when they need to buy one of his companies. <laughs> right. When he starts doing comics again, they can uh, they can just go ahead and purchase. Nice, ki- nice Kickstarter you got here. <laughs> Be shame if Disney were to steamroll it. Looks like it made a lot of money. Maybe we could <laughs> acquire it. But that's let's let's leave him. That's up. a whole other topic. Right. A whole other another pot of potatoes. A whole other. This is comic talk. Let's put aside. Yeah, tune in, tune in, uh, tune in every Thursday for Comic Talk. But yeah. this is a Sunday, so yeah. Andrew, can you please summarize the fly? Yeah, you've seen the fly. A guy makes a teleportation device. There, there's a fly in it, and then he turns into a fly, and then he <laughs> dies. That old, that old t- chestnut. Yeah, we've we've all seen adaptations of the fly in one way or another. This one's a little. Did you ever go? This one's a little Good. different because, like, it starts off where he's already dead and it's told in flashback. And yep. there's a lot of false starts with those. Fl- I kept expecting the flashback to happen two or three times before it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Like that telltale, like, framing of her face with the zoom. Like, oh, here's the flashback. And then it wasn't. Until finally, <laughs> the with the little, like, ripple effects in the visualizer that shows you were fully in the flashback territory. Did you, uh, did you, I, I thought the, the, the pot boil, it's kind of like a mystery type setup it worked really well. I thought it was it generated, even though you kind of knew, I mean, I think you would know even if you hadn't been well-versed in, in the fly, uh, expanded universe, but, um, the fly cinematic universe, <laughs> the fly cinematic universe, which, which, which would, cinematic universe is the fly going to get belong to? Well, they did. There was a cartoon. It was like a DreamWorks cartoon. Wait, what? I can't think of what it was called, but they had uh, in it they had a thinly veiled versions of the fly, the creature from the Black Lagoon, and the Blob. Oh, so maybe uh, it's gonna be. But it was like it was like a comedy thing, though. It wasn't like a uh, serious, uh, you know, a ser- extended universe with continuity. Right? Is he gonna be in Space Jam? Is he part of the? Uh, will he be? Would he be like riding on the backs of the Clockwork Orange people? He'll probably <laughs> be the Cronenberg flyback for that. He's more famous. Yeah, Jeff. So just Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. That was a truly bizarre to see like, oh yes, clockwork orange. <laughs> I got, there was someone someone screenshotted the um like the press release where they took Pepe Le Pew out of it. Yeah. And like then put the clockwork orange guys next to it. Because it was like <laughs> this whole thing about Pepe Le Pew would, would send a lot wrong message with something like the headline was something like that. Like, yeah. And then <laughs> Well, uh, I mean we want, we want it. I, in the in the defense of the film creators, I, I don't think Clockwork Orange was ever aimed at children. No, but that's true. That's true. <laughs> but 
if you're trying to only if you're putting only things that teach people about consent into your movies or whatever the exact language they used was uh i wouldn't necessarily go for a clockwork orange yeah but i think the clock wasn't having I, to be fair i've never seen that movie Okay, well, there's a big there's a big rape scene in it. Yeah, but I think it's understood as non Would it be understood as non-consensual and not played for laughs? Right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Where's Pepe Le Pew? Listen, listen. No, I'm not here to litigate a skunk, a cartoon skunk. No, but he's played look, for laughs. I also think he's pretty harmless. I don't think he would have hurt anyone in that movie. They could just not have him be a rapist in it now, you know. <laughs> you, could, you could change the character. It's just a cartoon. Are we here it to, have to let's rehabilitate Pepe Le Pew? We can. I mean, they could if they wanted to. I don't think anyone really gives a shit anyway. No, no, no one, people. No like that it's like people don't give a shit to get mad about it. Yeah, but I don't think he was ever anyone's favorite. No, I, I don't. I don't. I think that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, the uh, pot boiler setup. I think it. I think it works pretty well. Uh what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I I was kind of expecting them to like never flashback after like the fir- the fourth <laughs> fall starts, and then I thought it would have been really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be actually be pretty wild. Yeah, because they, um, I mean, they had the lab and everything still. They had these other flies, so I thought they were just gonna find like the closer we we're gonna get with where they find the fly version of him, but they weren't going to do the whole entire flashback. It was going to be like a mystery the whole time until they discovered like the fly version at the very end. Right. Like they found his body or something. It's mushed up body or no, like the, like they found him in the net or the web. Oh, like the little, Oh yeah. The actual fly version. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not the, not the, uh, the other fly version, but right. the little one, the little baby one. Yeah. He's like, help me. Um, and then they squish him. Yeah. Well, you got to. He's a crime against nature. Yeah. Um, makes the, the police detective a murderer as well. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, Vincent Price uh, uh, adroitly points that out right, af- right after it happens. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that's absolutely true, it's that a police officer would definitely not uh, act in a hypocritical fashion. No, no, 100% not. Strictly by the by the rule of the law as it was intended, and even even that, even beyond the rule of the law, the, there's a greater moral gravity, moral center that holds everyone. Yes, in place. yes, drawn drawn to the profession through moral obligations, not like yeah. <laughs> little babies who want power. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, I did my one of my notes that I took for this. Ooh, took was in, that took in notes. Look at this. Professional over here. I, I I literally like we've been doing this podcast for years now, like yeah. many years. Yeah, and I have taken notes nearly every time. So I don't know why you're surprised <laughs> about this. Um, I take mental notes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're not a professional outfit here. No, absolutely not. But I do write down three or four observations. Yeah. So we. I've thought because I've listened to, when I've listened to other movies, it's like oh, they sound like they go through like beat by beat, and they like have notes and they describe scene by scene, or like you know. When yeah. it happened, and then they discuss that well, thing, and they move on to the next part. That sounds like how you make a very long podcast. <laughs> well, it's like I, I don't. To me, it's like I wouldn't. I know. See, I li- it's kind of weird because I listen to podcasts like that and I enjoy them, but yeah. Um, also, like I don't feel like that's super um, necessary. Necessary to like sit here and be like, oh, well, the movie we all watched. Let's talk about what happened in it. 
Yeah. It's not it's t- it's not like it's not helpful to just relitigate the co- plot of the movie. A right. lot of times the plot of these movies is not even the most important thing. So But that that's also I believe the most listenable way to approach this sort of thing anyway. Probably. To Probably. like, yes, okay, so then the person so that you get a perspective, ah, I had not watched the movie, but now I understand what the movie is because you described it back to me. Well making I guess well providing your own insights along the way. So you're saying we should do that? No, because I do it up front. I tell them the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. I don't want to be critical, but I have noticed your your synopsises have used to be maybe I don't know ten point synopsises. Yeah, and now they now they rarely get above three points. And is that today? Point? I believe it was two points. You mean points in, on a grading scale, or points in like number of points that I hit? Number of points that you hit. Yeah, I feel like I nailed this one pretty concisely, though. <laughs> yes, I, f- I mean you. Yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah. Maybe I think it's just the matter of the films we're in at the moment. They can be very, very they can be very, very concisely described. Um. Yeah. So anyway, to my to the to the matter of my notes. Yes. What is your note? Uh, so the um. I wrote down that early on. I think Vincent Price's character talks about the the couple, the leading couple. Yeah. That they believe in the sacredness of life. Yes. They say they bring it up a lot. <laughs> And then, like, I wrote down. I think, like, a little bit after that, I I wrote down that the the, but I put that in quotes and then wrote down next to that, the that the Philippe is that his name was casually throwing whatever animal was at hand into the teleporter. Well, that, that's the show. Times. That's the show how he's degrading, and yeah, and putting science. I mean, I that's that's a real cinema sin if you ask me. <laughs> what is? That what I said? Yeah, yeah, that's a real cinema yeah. scene if you ask me. Which is to say, bullshit. That's neither funny nor it also misses the point of the film. <laughs> I I think it is very intentionally like. Yeah, you're probably right because um, he's they're they're showing how he's like, oh no, I I must come like he's like getting driven mad by his inability to like properly get this thing set up, and he's like, oh, I'm so close to making this breakthrough and i just like what if i just do this now i've science has no time you know should we can we but should we that whole chestnut yeah well certainly the the movie's not um going to any great lengths to hide its theme you know uh, the the theme the theme of the times of science what has what hath science wrought yeah, I mean, to the point where I believe it's actually restated at the end of the yes. movie, right? <laughs> so Murphy's surprise just like sums it up in a nice little monologue to the to son. Yeah. Oh, also, children shouldn't be allowed to act. <laughs> he the kid is fine. He's no, fine. he sucks. Nah, kid's fine. He yeah. is like reading a line off of a. <laughs> okay, I I think he's better than the lead of Scanners. So. Oh, listen. We'll we'll talk about the lead of Scanners later. <laughs> okay. When yeah uh, yes yeah he's somewhat better than him. this is a preview for the Patreon he is on par I would say with the lead of scanners but the thing is I think the child delivers more dialogue or he, he delivers more long he has longer strings of dialogue to deliver. have you have you considered that possibly uh, that's how children talked in the fifties no like oh god like I do really think it's hilarious when he says that's how women are or you know women. Oh, you know how women are. Oink. Right. I yes. 
Uh, avocados. You, you, vamp, you, you vamp while I find the Vincent Price guacamole. Oh, so can wait, you, can I, you, vamp, you need to vamp while I find a different Vincent Price thing. All right, well, can we... <laughs> Let's both vamp. <laughs> which, yeah, which, is, which is to say continue recording the podcast. Yeah. No, I, I know he's got loads of cookbooks. I haven't, I haven't, uh, to the point where I even want to buy them. So yeah, his, here's the weird, his is mostly fine, but yeah. then it takes a really bad turn at the end. So two avocados. Leave the skin absolutely. on. You need those avocados. So that's good that they're in there. Lemon juice. Yep. I would, you know, obviously you won't probably want lime juice, but I will use lemon juice myself with a pinch. Yeah. Onion, ground chili, coriander, garlic, salt, chopped, peeled, seeded in tomato. That's all, it's all guacamole stuff. Um, then a little weird. Three pa- three tablespoons mayonnaise. That's not that's not usually put in guacamole, and then Worcestershire sauce as well. Ah, that's kind of a weird one. So that that's, that takes kind of a weird turn. I think Carlos one had also something weird in it. I feel like Carlos um, is the one I know, but I used to have it on my fridge. I may, I think that's maybe why I know it. <laughs> uh, I think about this a lot. This is David Lynch dotes dotes on him. That's yeah, cool. Eleven-year-old David Lynch meeting <laughs> Vincent Price. But anyway, back to the movie and the so yeah, bad child actor. Yeah, bad child actor. Uh, Not his fault. All children are bad actors. Yeah, it's. I think that yeah, there's very few, but very few. Uh, Especially, like, you're not going to get a top-shelf children actor in, like, a sci-fi B-movie, you know? No. Um, so, uh, the weird thing about Boris Karloff's guacamole is that he put sherry in it. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, this, was a, this was, I think, a... It was released by Fox. It was, like, a, it was like almost an A picture. I don't know what the actual running order right. of it was. Right. You, you don't know if it was literally back when they were actual technical B pictures. Yeah, but it, it was this was a higher budget, higher, you know. Well, even at the beginning, like when there was the like the fly, like and like the the netting or the wiring, I was yep. like, why did they start to make real movies? <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it felt like there was like an intentionality to the film, you know, like like or like some kind of like craft went into it. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, well, you could say that that happened pretty early on. Like. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Obviously, it happened extremely early on. But like it within I think it's just a matter of these movies all get to get lump, tend to get lumped together as movies, and it's hard to see the broader cultural like landscape that they were released into. So in my mind like I'm like oh this came after Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Thing from Another Planet, but it feels like much more like a like it feels much closer to today than those movies, at least in that aspect. Yeah. And some yeah. other aspects. I mean, when did uh? So this this movie is nineteen fifty eight. So it's after both of those. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely feels like. I think there's a clear line between this and Thing from Another World, uh, where, um, Thing from Another World feels like a movie. I mean, it's technically made in the fifties, I think, but it it feels like a movie from the forties or the thirties. Yeah, that's what. I'm, yeah, there's like the staging feels a lot different. Like the way yeah. characters are like 
presented feels a lot different. The way the film itself is, pre- I don't know if that's a matter of director or like I. What I say is that I haven't watched enough films from those eras to really engross oh. myself and know like, is this a directorial difference or is this a stylistic difference? It, it definitely to me feels more like a stylistic difference because even the kind of character archetypes that you find in those older movies are different because the culture has changed pretty drastically from the 30s to the 50s. Yeah. Like the way, for example, police are treated, you know? Well, those sci- Way different. The scientist is still running wild. The scientist is still running wild. The scientist running wild is a pretty common theme, so- as is, you know, this sort of persistent fear that there's something coming to steal our women. Like, that's, that's yeah. coming. That's still around in the 50s, but... Those scientists, someone's got to keep, got to rein those scientists in. Also, I thought the fly acting was decent. It's good. When, yeah. When he was a fly. He he was much, they really, they keep it toned down. So it's not. Yeah. Like, and they keep him under that cloth for most of it. The fly looked um, better than I was expecting. Yep. They only, and they only show it for really, just a really brief amount of time. Yeah. I guess a little bit more at the end when they're getting ready to smush him, but I really only think of that part where she takes the thing off and he sees her through all the uh, all the all those fly the compound eyes. eyes. Yeah. And where did that cat go? Why was it meowing still? <laughs> well, it's it's a ghost cat now. But like, how can atoms produce a sound? <laughs> how can now, if we're going to start questioning what ad- how can Adams do things, then we're going to have to throw the movie out. No, 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 because I feel like within the context of the film, the rest of it makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay, then why? The, but the case of the cat thing is doesn't make sense in the context of the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Within the within the world's established boundaries, why is the cat making sounds besides it to be weird? Yeah, maybe the cat was like lodged inside of a brick or something. Oh, maybe. Maybe maybe in a few years they'll find it like half in and out of the chimney or ah uh, okay a pipe or something. That's that's you know just or it went into space like he said. And it just left him some yeah Street- it left some meows behind. Also, why did why did the text print backwards? That's a weird thing. <laughs> it is weird that the text itself. Well, it it's like I, could it be that it was like the atoms get reincorporated in the reverse order? Or yeah, something and like it's that? easier to show than like the pattern on the plate being reversed, which theoretically shouldn't that have also been reversed? I guess. Yeah, but I <laughs> what qualifies is re- it's one of those movie things that doesn't make any sense, so you don't overthink yeah, it. It doesn't because how would the machine be? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Well, it's how, not like it's trying to. Be, it's not like it's like oh, it had text on the back. Let me get that right. Right. It's just and, a way just for us to convey that something went wrong. Yeah. But it was mostly correct. Right. He and. I guess it would have made more sense to have it just like a different color on the back or something. Yeah. But, or whatever. You know, who knows? So uh, how do you compare the two flies in your, in your head? Well, like, in my head, well, I haven't seen the other fly in a, quite a bit. Okay. I do. I, I do believe I do own that one, though. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have not cataloged my collection yet. No, you gotta you gotta get on that because I think last last time we talked about how you might own the thing, but you weren't even sure. I'm pretty sure I do, but I haven't. I they're very different movies, which I think is interesting when you do remakes. They're they're extremely different movies. Yeah, they definitely are. Which um, I think like is nice. I don't like when like remakes feel too like they 
are far too close to the original because then it's like why even bother you know yeah i think that uh if well obviously david cronenberg had different uh just being a different time yeah. i think you have you have different ideas about what how the, how that story fits into the cult the culture of the time right. because as all these movies go they're all about sort of prevailing cultural fears whereas the original was about like many of these 1950s movies it was about presenting this perfect insular world like a nuclear family yeah and then showing something intruding on it like a fly where the fly whereas well, yeah, the fly or bad science or whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Whereas the the second one is more uh, to do with uh, you know it's set in a city rather than this this small little nuclear small town, perfect small town. It's set in the city and it's set uh, in a world of like the AIDS crisis and uh, sort of. I think our feelings about science are different in the eighties, obviously. Right. It's, the, it's they're still, really, they're still, those guys still need to learn how to rein it in a little. Yes, I think that'll always be the case because we're always afraid of Prometheus or whatever. Things, but are, the, things are changing too fast, too quickly. They always will be. and uh, They're only right, getting faster. We're, we're just scared little monkeys on this roller coaster. I hate that big old monolith <laughs> and what it has, what it rot. <laughs> I just want to go to my space bed and. Gets blasted into the Star Child, but same, yeah, same. same. <laughs> what about that 2001 sequel? That was a movie, right? Or was it just the novel? They made? Did they make one? I thought they. I thought there was. Well, there's a novel, isn't there? Like 2011. There's a bunch of. There's a bunch of novels. Yeah, there's like three or four. I novels, thought one. They made sure. a movie of one of them, and that's where the line "My God is full of stars" comes from. I think. I thought it came from the space odyssey. That's what I thought, but I think it just—I think it technically comes from like 2011, like the sequel or something. Huh. I guess that would make sense. They would have made a sequel because you know, why wouldn't they? It made money the first time. But it's just because it's you know, 2001 is considered to be like a classic of cinema. I, I, also, I guess people didn't didn't think of sequels as being a good idea for a long time. Yeah, there was 2010, the year we made contact. Um, and there was also three sequel novels, which that's what I was aware of. I was aware of. I remember stalking them at, at, when I worked at Borders. Um, but I never, I've never read any of them. I only saw the movie when I was in high school. So yes, here we go. IMDb well. trivia. Thank you, IMDb trivia. The phrase, my God is full of stars, is not part of 2001 A Space Odyssey, but was part of the original novel. Okay. And I think it's probably in 2010, and that's why pe- that's why I can find the voice clip of "My God is full of stars." So it's it's yeah, it's weird to think that people like like the studio's prevailing attitude towards sequels is like good to make as long as you can do it cheap because not as many people are going to see it. Whereas now it's like built into the process that you're going to make sequels, right? Well, I mean, you said, but there was also like a time where they made a lot of sequels. Yeah, but they were specifically made. They're sp- they were like really looked down upon. Whereas now it's not. That's not really the case. Like, what do you mean looked down upon? Well, they were starting from they were starting from the idea that this was trash. Basically, if you're making a sequel out of something, it's because it's trash, and the sequel's gonna be trash. Right, or they're just like they're money makers. Yeah, they're it's a cash grab, and I think 
I think that's pretty true. They're they're really... and, but they also they also were under the impression that it wasn't going to make they, that sequels were not a good business, or more that they're like, or I guess I would say rather sequels are strictly business, strictly business, but that that they were they were meant to not make a, they were understood to be you have to make them cheap because they're not going to make a lot of money because people don't want to see sequels. How how naive they were, <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. So I, what I was saying, what I guess to get it, circle all back. Mm-hmm. I, I like Brundlefly. I think he's gross. Yep. I like that he's weird and gross and falling apart. Body horror is a very like, because in the fifty-eight he's just a monster. Right. But he's like they don't show the they don't they don't explore the they're not they're they're more concerned with the philosophy of it. Right. They're not as concerned with the sort of like the the actual ramifications of what it would mean to turn into a fly. Right. Like, or what it, your, what it means physiological to, to become a monster. Even if, even if yeah. you weren't like the very gross Cronenberg version. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, the whole point of the Cronenberg one is this guy's like decaying. Yeah. And turning into a fly and yeah. flies don't live very long. No. Yeah, this movie is like, ah, he's got a fly head. He has to suck up his food now. <laughs> Still pretty gross. Yeah. The they, managed, they managed to get him to be a little upset. The, the, it's he, definitely not upsetting on the on the, man, on the level of the 80s one, but the part where he's like crushed up the food with his hands or whatever, that's like, that's affecting. Oh, that's just a gross thing. People shouldn't crush up food with their hands. Well, what if they got a big fly thingy? Stock. What do you call that? Why don't you use a fucking fork, dude? <laughs> okay. Get your act I'll together. tell him. Fucking Philippe. Fucking Philippe, dude. He's got a knife. He used the fly hand as a knife and then used the... Or, he did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then the... the I, I, I understand. It's for comic relief. It's always one of those weird, like, the, their housemaid is just like, I catch the fly. I want to smack it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's just... <laughs> There's a couple of those tropes that are that are pretty fun, like, or I don't know if you fun is the word, but they're they're entertaining. Yeah, um, I like that the uh, this one had one of my favorite things, which is the weird, weirdly happy ending given the rest of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well now oh, he can, my favorite. Go ahead. Now he can uh, marry his brother's <laughs> wife. Yeah, marry his brother's widow like he always wanted. <laughs> Yeah, well, everything does kind of come up Vincent in this. All it took was Philippe turning into a fly getting crushed by their printing press. Um, they got yeah. to clean that up, though. <laughs> yeah, just hose it off. It was a lot messier than I thought it was. I didn't realize <laughs> at the beginning where the, the guy's like, oh, that cat's not coming around. Did she ditch you? Because it got shot into Adams. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't catch that. Yeah, because there's that other cat that the like the night watchman sees. Oh, <laughs> so he's like that's cat. I don't remember him saying that. I must have just. I, not. I'm pretty sure he said something to that effect. He's like, "Oh, yeah. where's your little girlfriend?" Must I'm have, sure he does. Must have left you for someone else. And I'm presuming that means it was the 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 cat that got shot in space.
All right. All right. So that I mean that pretty much covers the fly. I think. Yeah, um, I think we we kind of like beat that sucker into submission. Really yeah. squeezed it between the old uh, press. Yeah, really tied it up into a spider's web. Yeah. Help me! Help me! There's a good anecdote floating around. I think it was on the Wikipedia that was like they were all cracking up during that scene. Oh, like it took them like a billion takes to get it because the the, the fly with the guy screaming "Help me" was so ridiculous. <laughs> that silly voice. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it must have been someone off camera, right? Yeah. just yelling that so they could act to it. Right. <laughs> they had to be like, "What is that? Do you hear that?" Or whatever. Yeah. Very seriously. Oh yeah. So, so help me! I'm a little fly. Don't. <laughs> um. Oh, I, I thought the like the. See, it would have been such a cool movie if they did have the flashback. If they didn't have the flashback, yeah. it would be a super interesting movie. If yeah, it was like... like when like when they went to his broken lab and you just hear the fly buzzing around. Yeah, and like it, then it's more of a story about how, like, the characters uncovering it and what their yeah. what their feelings are about uncovering something like that and but, how they have to try to like learn to accept. But also, something so horrible and improbable. But also, I feel like it very much plays on you understanding the concept going into it yeah because that's yeah. what makes you definitely the, would have to uh that's what makes the fly buzzing ominous yes but luckily i think most people do understand the basic well i mean did, did they back ever... then though yeah they wouldn't have but maybe you do if you do that movie now you could do it like that instead of trying to do another gross one yeah um did you ever go to the thing at disneyland or it might be universal studios like the stunt like the um no. Did you, ever, did you ever go to that? I, I'm pretty sure I went to Universal Studios once as a child, like or like yeah. as a preteen, and I have very little recollection. Not as someone they have could, a uh, not at the age where one could appreciate anything, you know. So they have this is one of my favorite things when I was a kid was that they I can't I think it's at Universal Studios they have like a probably don't have it anymore but maybe they do they have like a oh well, they need to make room for the special dark effects universe. special effects workshop thing where like someone explains a bunch of special effects yeah. And at the end of it, he goes in, like, basically, he does, they do the fly. Like, he goes in one tube. Yes. And uh, you hear the fly buzzing, and then there's, like, a, all the lights go out. It's, like, a live story, a live performance thing. Like, like the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular, but it's Universal Studios, and it's in an inside space. And he comes out as the fly, and I just, that really stuck with me when I was a kid, because that was one of my favorite parts. Uh, obviously, I was, you know, uh, very interested in the Universal Studios monsters area as a kid. Yeah. That, um, like, in my mind, I can see it, but that's just, I don't know if that's a memory I'm creating on my own. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's, that was... it's very easy to create, like, a stage, like a, like a stunt show <laughs> memory. Yes. Yeah. And the human mind yeah. is, is, is exceptionally good at falsifying memories. Yes, it's a scary, scary thing to think about. Maybe someone should make a horror movie about that. But uh, yes, I'm sure there. Are, I'm sure there are no movies about falsifying human memories. No, none. It's too hard for people to understand. Right. There isn't like a so, like a movie that created terminology <laughs> about that or anything. Nope, I don't think so. Yeah, not at all. No movie from the '50s about lighting apparatuses at all. Mm. Nope. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Drawing blanks here. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I knew it once, but I must have forgotten. 
Um, I feel like you're doing it to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's very rude. So have you ever, have you ever been up in my attic? Yeah. You have? I showed you my attic. Oh no! Wait. I think I'm just thinking of your top floor. Yeah. So there's. I have an attic, and it was clearly supposed to be, or clearly was at one time where like the servants lived. Okay. So I have been there. Yeah. It's like a. It's like and a floor, right? It's a floor, like a, like a yeah, floor, a floor. yeah, a regular floor. Yeah, it's a, it's it's an attic. It's yeah. not like a cl- like a crawl space. I, I didn't realize that I have an attic. That's like a crawl space. So uh, they have. Um, it's cool. They have. So it was where the servants used to live, and they have uh, gas jets on the wall where they would put the gas lights. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a cool thing about an old house, you know. Right, you have old things that are useless now. <laughs> yes, many many things. Many things I have are useless. Many things I know are useless. Do you have any horror-related uh, recommendations or media or anything? I don't think so. Any horror-related games coming out in the new uh, Pizza Pranks anthology? Are there? I think. Let me see. Let me see. What kind of horror are we talking about? Are we talking about the horror? Any, any, it's loosely defined. As loosely as this podcast defines it. The horror of modern man. Let me see. It did just come out, you know, last Friday. Uh, I did see some tweets. I well, I saw the tweets. I don't know if I saw the new tweets, but I saw the March of Time indicating the um, oh, all the would be coming. The recap one, yeah. I know it's coming when that when that uh, when I start seeing that. Anyway, no, I would say nothing that's strictly horror. Okay, one can find horror in the world, but dismiss nothing strictly horror. But it's it's out. I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's got a it's got a it's got a good cover. It's got this. It's got a pretty monstery cover. Is it fourteen? No, no, no. Okay, it's fifteen. No, fifteen. Fourteen had a very monstery cover. Oh, fifteen's got. I saw the cover fifteen because I remember it was very impressive. Yeah, it's got the big the steampunky. It's got big Euro energy. Yes, yes. It's like a giant, a giant machine with lots of. Like slobious textures, a lot, of, a lot of mismatched panels. Yes, it's a good. It's a really good cover. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think a lot of these are really good covers. I think a lot. I think they're all. They're pretty much all really good covers. Yeah. Just, I think this one it might be actually my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fourteen was the monster one. Fourteen was well. That was. I went to pizzapranks.com and that was the. Oh yeah, one. I haven't updated that yet. Whoops. So, but I'll, then I, I, I do know how to find. So I went to the other thing. I'll do it. I'll do that tomorrow. Oh well, we're now we're losing the thread. So yeah. So uh, the other, I, I I think I have a horror horror ish recommendation. Okay. It's more of a it's almost more of a crime movie, but it's kind of a macabre crime Wait, movie. Did, did they make a fatal movie? Yeah, they definitely did. It wasn't that a Yui Bowl one? Was it? I saw them like I was walking by a red box. And I saw them like, is that the same oh, thing? No, I guess it's new, and it had like tentacles. So I'm like, oh, that must be the same thing, huh? No, this movie with Fatal with Hil- Hillary Swank. Yeah, that's not anything, is it? What is isn't Fatal a video game? No, it's the comic. Oh, it's not. No, it's not that. Okay. It's nothing to do with that. I think... Uh, I don't, 
I don't know what I was thinking of. I think because I think I saw a poster that had like tentacles or snake stuff or something. So I'm like, is that that? It looks to me like the poster has cigarette smoke on it. Yeah, but then there's like a. It's not, unfortunately, that. That would be great if it was that. That comic is great. Well, mostly because I, I somehow that movie had come out and I had not heard that that was a thing, you know? Yeah, well, the movies come out quiet in the pandemic. They came out with a Monster Hunter movie. Did you see that? No, but I mean, I was aware that it existed. <laughs> I mean, that like that a fatal movie would like, come out without me ever hearing anything about no, it. No, there's, there's no way. I would be, I feel like I'd be all over that. Right, that's why. For, for months. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would have told me. Yeah. At the very least. And I would, I would definitely hear about it. I'm still tuned in enough. I th- I'm, on, I, I, I'm on Ed Brubaker's newsletter, for Christ's sake. Yeah. He would have, he would have uh, newslettered about it. Substacted about it. Whatever it is. Right. Might be MailChimp. I don't know. But no, it's not that. So what are you saying? The horror? Ah, uh, yes. So I have a crimey, grimy, crimey movie. Yeah. Uh, set in a hospital with a dead, like a focus on disemboweling the bodies for parts but, kind of thing. But you can see my train of thought, of course. Yes, yes. Fatal is, yes, is a, like, kind of like a horror cosmic horror adjacent. So, yeah, definitely seek out Fatal, first of all, if you want to read a good comic. I think it's a great comic. I mean, I, um, if you and if you like that thing, or I think most of their stuff is, like, fairly readable at the absolute worst. Oh, Brubaker and Sean Phillips? Yeah. Yeah, all, I think I've never not liked anything that they put out. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's definitely stuff that's better than other stuff. Right. This is but, definitely like, this is very familiar sometimes. Yeah. I, actually, if you want something that's really like, Fatal would be definitely something for people who like these sort of movies, like older horror movies. Yeah. Definitely Fatal would be one. But also definitely they have a, just a straight crime one called The Fade Out, which is set in old Hollywood and has a lot of like, um, old Hall. if you know about the history of old Hollywood, there's a lot of like, clear references to stuff i don't know if i have and, a, and uh, i believe it's called the fade out no you you are right i don't know i think i do or maybe i just recognize the cover <laughs> i don't remember um but anyway the movie i was going to recommend was 12 hour shift which is on hulu it's a it's a low budget type movie but not so low budget that the acting is bad the acting is good in this okay it's got the woman got the woman who was in i believe may uh, which is a movie from the early 2000s, sort of a formative early 2000s horror movie. Yeah. So I definitely recommend that. Has Mick that, Foley? Just... It does have Mick Foley, yes. David originally. Arquette? David Arquette. A good uh, good, good rogues gallery of heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah. I did definitely when Mick Foley was on screen, I was like, wait, is that Mankind? No, that's... I go. No, no, you're thinking of... You're thinking of Dude Love. Cactus Jack? Is that Cactus Jack? <laughs> it's Cactus Jack. Dude Love. I forgot all about Dude Love. <laughs> How do I know uh, more of Mick Foley's characters? I have... Wrestling kind of pervades my brain sometimes, kind of like the same way comic books do, where I don't actually like partake in any of it, but I'm like, let me... I learn about the lore. I honestly saw... I watched wrestling for probably like a year in 1999, 2000. When it was when it when it's kind of like the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing was like happening, yeah, and I I liked it, but I I it just doesn't stick with me. I just like I'm just not just not for me for whatever reason. No, it's but like I definitely go down Wikipedia holes sometimes where I'm like, what is going on? And I just like you can definitely like 
fall down those holes because there's like this whole continuity and stuff but it's also like super bad <laughs> I, I yeah i just i don't really i just don't enjoy watching it that much yeah i, I can't imagine are they like five hours long i don't think so oh i feel like these epi- i feel like the episodes are like three hours or something maybe i think they were yeah they were i think raw was three hours back in the day but i feel like it, it was a lot of a lot of there's a lot of filler yeah um certainly that uh it's just a fascinating thing that exists and loads of people who uh, i like respect or are interesting or intelligent are into wrestling yeah i so I, that's part of what makes it kind of fascinating like loads of people like not even like a small number but like like a good like my twitter when there's wrestling on there's a lot of people talking about the wrestling right it's it's <laughs> utterly bizarre <laughs> It's just it's just something that kind of passed me by. I wonder if it's just like reality TV for a certain collection of people. It's I don't think it's I don't think reality TV is a good is a good comparison. Soap I think it's, operas it's closer closer to a soap opera or a comic book. Yeah, because it's continuity. It's like the continuity and the and the rivalries and the drama that drives it. Less so much the like it's not so I don't think it's so much the, like the the reality TV aspect of it. Well, Although probably is a little bit of that in there, or, or more like people recognize that there is junk TV, but they still yeah. kind of enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, everyone's into something that's quote unquote junk TV or junk junk entertainment. Yeah, um, because I, I also watch sometimes potato uh, chips taste good, you know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with potato chips. You just gotta don't eat too many, or you get potato chip disease yeah <laughs> uh potato chip disease potato chip brain as i like to call it so let's wrap this up yes so our patreon this month we're gonna be talking about uh scanners the david cronenberg movie a real a real sideways kind of thing you know yeah well you know we, i wanted to we, do we already covered the fly. sci-fi we already covered the fly and uh but i wanted to keep it just like cronenbergian yeah and also really my only remit was to just do a sci-fi horror movie there so okay i thought you were like very intentionally being like oh we already did cronenberg yeah i mean that was that was my that was basically my thought process but it really was just a just a just a drop in the bucket of brain thinking um yeah so there's that uh you check out our subscribe to our podcast or if you want to leave us reviews if you want to subscribe to the email list if you want to uh, our voicemails 508-817-3408 you can follow me on twitter at the water method andrew at pizza pranks pizzapranks.com soon to be updated uh a lot to watch that space oh i should just update it right now while we're talking it only ta- <laughs> i mean our- really making that button takes like five seconds <laughs> is it you mean the button that's like uh click to be a bitch or whatever the, for that front page thing yeah yeah it takes like no time at all to upgrade to update because all I'm doing is theme- I'm just I'm just adding an image, then I'm injecting code. Yeah, or from like the not injecting code, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you are. You're pasting in that. I'm pasting in H- HTML block. <laughs> yeah, HTML iframe thing or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on. It's still a little, a little slow there. What? The front page of Pizza Pranks. Yeah. Uh, Probably just the images. There's a lot of them. Anyway, I'm going to stop this recording now. Goodbye. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.